feel free to like uh, <laughs> be into Relax. it. Uh, <laughs> be dramatic. I don't want to be too dramatic. I have been told I'm dramatic by so many people in the last month. Really? I'm starting to question things. <laughs> Who told? In what context? Uh, my cousins, my girlfriend, my masseuse. She tells me that every masseuse? time. Yes, my masseuse. Okay. And I think it's just because I make a lot of faces. Like I have a too. twitch. I have I have twitches throughout my entire body. I've always had them. I'm sure people have noticed them. Whatever. But like add that on top of like just being like very expressive with your face. Yeah. And then get a really hard deep tissue massage. Of course I'm gonna be dramatic, right? Like of course I'm dramatic. <laughs> but I find that interesting that your masseuse called you. That's an interesting way to describe. Yeah, she kicks that. my ass. Anyway, Tina, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm very How are sad. you today? I'm I'm pretty good. Will you please say your last name for me? Majorino. 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 Yeah. See, I was like, I read it and I was like, that seems like, you know, maybe it's from somewhere else. I like, guess it Majorino. Oh, you added some and I, and I was thinking to myself, like, if I say Majorino, I was like, that sounds like I really don't know what I'm talking about. Was really? Like, no, that's I was right. worried. I was like, I'm just going to ask her and yeah. see what it's like. Tina Majorino. Yeah. Yeah, I Sweet. like my last name. I love your last name. It's it's really it it's endless comedy when people try to pronounce it. Oh my god! Because they do the same thing. They Gosh, get scared. They like add letters. Add letters. Yeah, like I've gotten paychecks from work sometimes that says like Tina Margarine, and you're like, <laughs> my last name is not Margarine. Where's the toast? <laughs> yeah. Did you bring a knife to spread this? Yeah. I don't know. So I walked in the house the other day. Yeah. Like, what's today? Today's Tuesday, huh? Today's Tuesday. There's a bug. Okay. A bug. Got there. it. I got it. You got it. Good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You did a great job. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that so was dramatic. I don't watch TV. Like, okay. I don't watch TV. I think the only thing I've watched outside of like Friends and Family Guy <laughs> for the last 10 years is okay. like ridiculous action movies. You know, I don't really have time to watch all that stuff. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't keep up with all the famous actresses and actors and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I met you through Jer and, you know, we... I, I got you on the. I asked you to come on the podcast, and you said, "Yeah, sure." I was like, "Oh, I'd, I, you know, I'd do my research." Before I even did my research, I walk into my house like a day after, <laughs> and I, my TV is just on, and I look, and I was like, "Is that Tina?" Yeah. And it's like Veronica Mars, like this show that I've seen eight thousand commercials for. Oh it's yeah. On Hulu now, right? Yeah, but that was um. I was in two thousand four. You s- you sent me the the that screenshot yeah. or whatever. That's from the movie. From the when movie. when I had the the mohawk. Okay, I didn't yeah. even know. I didn't even know the show or this like person existed. This character existed. That's how out <laughs> yeah. of the loop I am. It's fine. But I walked in. I was like, "The fuck is that?" My next podcast. <laughs> so yes, I sent you is. a picture. I was like, "Oh wow, that's really cool." Yeah. So then I went on. And I was like, "Oh my god, wait a minute. She's done like everything." Everything. I've you got. I mean, you're you're IMDb. Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. I'm, what does that stand for? Um. Is you it know? The, oh god. International, International movie. movie database database that's what that is it's like what's the db for yep anyway um i went on there and i was like wow she's just you're an animal you're an <laughs> animal i try so um your whole life my whole life how old weird? were you for your first one your first gig your first job um i think i was three so cool. yeah i was three i did uh an ever ready battery commercial oh and then um i actually started out singing and dancing though like that was how i got into it now was this your choice were your parents like let's get her involved in stuff or no so uh they did not want me to be an actress nobody in my family is in the business so i was like 
two and they used to play i loved the wizard of oz so i would watch it every day at the same time and i'd be like i want to do that my mom's like, okay, she wants to do that. Okay. The baby wants to do that. The baby <laughs> wants to do that. <laughs> so oh my she put me in this thing, in this like group where they sit, you know, you, you sing. I think you danced too. Yeah. You, you sang, you danced. And then after a couple of months, you do this huge performance that's like in front of 600 people or something. Ooh. And my mom was like, this is just going to scare the shit out of her. And she's never going to want to do it again. Ooh. So we did the performance, and then I was like, can can we do it tomorrow? And she's like, oh, we're screwed. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. She's like, we we gave her it. We thought. It's like, um, what do they give babies to stop stop crying? A passy? Pacifier? No. Uh, it's like, you know, when they put alcohol, or some people have, like, different things they give babies. In the- like. Oh like yeah, alcohol. yeah, yeah. It's like they put the little alcohol, like oh, stop your crying, but it's like you're like, give me the bottle. Give me the bottle. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, I'm going we gave deep. it to her. Yeah. You know, my cousin. Sorry, this is totally off topic. My cousin just told me a story yesterday. He said he went to a friend of ours' house. Yeah. You know, we're Armenians, so obviously the drinking comes very early. <laughs> uh, and he said that they had a. He was sitting at the table talking to the father, and the father called his 11 year old daughter to come by. Yeah. He poured her a shot, shot of a Macallan 18 year. It's a 230 dollar bottle. And he said, take a shot for daddy. Little girl took it and threw the whole thing back like it was nothing. I guess they started oh doing God. that when she was like super young. And they started uh. giving her little sips as she got, you know, as she grew up. I mean, that's not good. She's probably going to have horrible problems. But right. that crazy? That is crazy. That's fucking nuts. I couldn't do that. I, I still, still, I don't think I have the heart to do that. That's yeah. Like, <laughs> a, a full shot. Oh, my God. Wow. That, that that's wild. Yeah, it really does. Anyway, down to the metaphorical alcohol. Okay. So you were hooked right away. Yeah. What's interesting is that how I started out, um, now I have a lot of fear around it, like performing in front of people. Really? I have terrible stage fright. But being in front of a camera. It's not the same thing. People don't believe me. They're like, that doesn't make any sense that you have stage fright. But I feel like um, I'm more naturally like shy around people that I don't know unless I'm on a set like on a set that is where I feel more at home on a set than I do at my house well it's you, th- you think it's because like you have like a job mentality like I can, just, as you can separate it or I it just feels right to me like that's where I'm supposed to be there's okay. just something that clicks like I'm the best version of myself when I'm at work but like when it comes to being in front of people and performing it's yeah. something i really want to get over by the way i just think when you're little you're too naive to know that to know care, yeah yeah you're not thinking about like you don't uh, hate yourself enough yet. yeah you don't hate yourself <laughs> enough and you're not you're you're not aware of how judgmental and shitty people are yet. yeah so you're just like i love to sing i love to dance and um, everyone look at me yeah i don't know yeah i think it's the best part of kids yeah I mean, they can be annoying as shit. Totally. No matter what they do, they're like, they think they're hot shit. Yeah, they own they it. Think, they think they're the best. Yeah, they I own need it. To get some of that. <laughs> yeah, totally. But don't you feel like there are so many things from when I was young that I unlearned as I, I, I if that's a word, as I got older, it just dissipated and dissipated, and now I'm trying to reteach myself those things from childhood and that the whole performing thing and it's a little less um 
scary for me when I'm dancing because I danced for a really long time as an adult too. But the singing thing and like theater scares the shit out of me. Really? Yeah. It's There's funny. instant feedback. Yeah, you, even on their faces. You yeah. Know? And we're, you can feel it. You can feel an energy too, which oh yeah, a lot of people with love. All, people in a room. I mean, it's like this ultimate. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's, uh, I mean, not even just creative people or artists, just everyone. I feel like a lot of us at some point have to realize that we need to go back and relearn mm-hmm. some childish things and unlearn a lot of what we learned in our teenage years. Yeah, for sure. And it's so hard because now you have um, just a collection <laughs> of issues that you have to that you have to work on because yeah. you're realizing like oh well when I was a kid I was so much more in that flow state and in alignment and just completely driven by passion and whatever made me feel great whatever made me feel joyful hesitate. no and you mm-hmm. just jumped in full force and now there's so much overthinking and overanalyzing and trepidation and fear and like all that stuff I'm doing the same thing trying to go back to how I approach things when I was little, yeah. it's hard. Well, it's incredible too, because for as much as we put creative people with great talent on a pedestal, you know, whether you're a musician, actress, you know, whatever it is, someone mm-hmm. that's great at what they do, we put them on a pedestal. For as much as we love and almost worship that kind of uh, world, yeah, you know, their actual, our actual society and the world we live in is not catered for the people that are going to be the next version of those, the next big, the next Jimmy Page, the next Zeppelin, you know, the next great whatever. Yeah. They're being raised right now in a world that's not catered for them to thrive. Right. So they're going to have to fight all this stuff just to get to that place to be this great creative person that we're going to someday say, oh, wow, you're amazing. What was your secret? What was my secret? Yeah. <laughs> I had to go back and say, fuck you to everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true, though, because that's an interesting thing to think about, too, is because obviously, like, I didn't grow up with all the technology and social media yeah. in those formative years, like, when you're really... I guess when I was hyper-focused on um, learning acting and... Um, working that much and just being immersed in that world like mm. none of that shit was going on yeah. you didn't have that distraction and so it took me longer to um build up insecurities i would say i that's one of the best statements ever it took me longer to build up insecurities because i didn't have social media yeah wow so if you think about that now like that's what you incredible. just said about the artists that are that are growing up now and and by the way, there will never be the next Led Zeppelin. Let's yeah, just yeah. put that on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> put um, a lid on that. <laughs> what are you that shit? <laughs> but like, I don't envy that journey at all. Yeah. I'm struggling enough as it is as an adult trying to navigate social media and life and work and all of that. And I've already sort of built my foundation of what it is that I want to do as an artist so I can't imagine the struggle that that is. Like, you can pay me to be a teenager right now. Oh, God, no. Right? Yeah, like, I mean, how many generations, like, oh, I wish I was young again. It's Fuck like, no. I, like, what's crazy is, like, the people that would start saying, I wish I was young again, they're like, make me older, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get this over with. Like, there's, it's just, it's a terrible, it's a terrible vibe that's going on with that. Yeah. And like you said, like, the world is really not, the world at the moment is really not, um, made for sensitive oh. artist types. I'm incredibly sensitive. 
Same. I'm an insanely sensitive human being. Me too. I'm I'm emotionless, is what I hear. You're emotionless. I mean, I don't find that. I mean, I, I, I know mean, we've I'm only hung out twice now, but I'm expressive. But uh, I'm I mean, at the level of sensitivity I'm at. Yeah. And the emotional expression I give, I'm emotionless. That's how sensitive I am. Like I know I'm incredibly sensitive, hmm. but I also realize how that you know it's true. It doesn't that doesn't work in the everyday life in the real world. Yeah. But isn't it funny how creative people, musicians, are? I mean, anybody. Yeah. Any are I say musician because I'm the musician. Yeah, yeah. Um, creative people, even in a world that's not catered to them, that says you're going to be homeless or you can never make it. It's a one in billion chance. Yeah. Still create at a massive level yeah and i mean th this last year alone the amount of music that's come out from bands you haven't heard from in years you know the amount of great movies that are being made people say oh this industry's dead this industry's dead but these artists they can't help it yeah no matter what no matter how much the world doesn't cater to them they're not going to stop yeah and i think that that's what separates a hobby a hobbyist from an artist is because um i'm a fucking mess when i can't create when I don't have that outlet or I don't feel like I'm expressing, I feel like I'm not making a contribution to the planet. Like yeah. that's literally how it feels. It feels like, it just feels awful. So I think that that's a, you were just talking about this before we started, but that really resonates with me that you, it's a part of who you are. It's a part of your soul to be a musician or um a writer or whatever you create yeah. a creative person is that um it's something that you have to do that nothing will get in the way of that yeah. and i think the difference is <clears throat> now and this sort of feeds into the whole like social media stuff is now i think kids don't understand that art is supposed to be for your soul and for the connection yeah. with other human beings, now it's been monetized. You know, I mean, it's it's like it's always been monetized, but like now the expression is Hyper, what photo yeah. am I gonna? You know, what what post am I gonna do to get me connected with people, and then I'll talk about what I care about. Yeah, if they, I mean, if I've, I've if I get enough likes, I'll talk about what I care about, right? <sighs> Instead of just being authentic, I understand that it's scary too, though, because I mean. Being like vulnerable. you were saying, yeah, but like you were saying, the world is catering to a very specific kind of person. It's yeah. not to somebody who wants to be vulnerable and connect and like do all this stuff. It has to be, you know, we have to be able to promote that. And like, I see this a lot in the music industry too, is that they just get someone pretty and then fix their voice. And you're like, man. Well, it's like that's that's always been like they always they've always been centered around an image, and yeah. like, that's fine. And I think social media, with all its negative sides, has also the positive side to allow anybody to express themselves. And totally, it's like you know wider range of a uh, of music coming out, and anybody yeah. that you know all the bedroom musicians to express themselves. It's just this. I mean, social media is my favorite place to go find new guitar players. I mean, if you saw how many guitar players I follow, really, I just go on and look at guitar player after guitar player. People that are sitting in their bedroom that just fucking kick ass at guitar. You yeah, know? and I love that side of it. But I mean, the idea of promoting vulnerability and like how we don't cater to real vulnerability, but. Now you have all these motivational speakers, all these influencers, all these people talking about, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be like posting all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, they're selling their program. <laughs> it's like they literally, they've literally taken this positive message because they're, what they're saying is very positive and I agree with it. Yeah. And then they're upselling it with buy my next statement. Buy my stuff. 
Yeah. Which is fine. Everyone has to make a living. Yeah. But it's like the moment something like has is there's like this golden hour for everything. Like social media allowed a golden hour for everything. Yeah. There's like a moment of like, oh, all this expressive music, all these pages pay me to be promoted. Yeah. Oh, be vulnerable. All these people that made a fortune that want you to be successful and be happy with yourself and then buy our program. You know, it's like yeah. it, 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 there's just such a short time for any new idea to have its real like authentic golden hour. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like the the at least in my business too is that we go through these weird cycles yeah. and the pendulum will swing all the way that way and then it'll slowly come back the other way and it just keeps doing that over and over again. So I've been doing it forever and I've gone through several of these cycles, yeah. but we're in one right now that's incredibly frustrating because I feel like there are so many original artists that are writing incredible things that it's not the it doesn't fit the mold of like the the successful schematic of like a rock movie well if it's not that then it's not going to make money and uh, we're not going to hire you we're not going to make your movie or whatever and if you read some of these stories you'd be like i would pay to go see that i need to see this movie yeah and it's a bummer so hopefully you know it always evens out but it's in times like this that it's just incredibly frustrating not only as a as a, an artist but also as a consumer because you're like i don't want to see the same shit over and yeah, over again I, I feel you on that yeah well, that's the thing they talk about how the movie people no one goes to the movies anymore i'm like that's because look at the last like five years of movies that were released outside of like there was like marvel movies yeah and like maybe one or two off action movies i even made like there's john wick and marvel movies for I all the john wick yeah, I mean, I love both those things. Yeah, they were same. amazing. But outside of those, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're not getting much. And then every movie that came out that had, like, this, like, deep kind of dialogue on the, Qu- the Quentin Tarantino feel to things, like, this whole other side of the artistry, it's like people went to see it to say they saw it. Yeah. Like, there was, I, I, I kind of lost the feeling, like, I don't want to go to the theater anymore. Like, there's nothing to see. What do you mean? There's 40 movies out. I was like, but, is there? But yeah, but is there? Like, <laughs> I don't really click, you know, really, really, I don't really click with any of them. Yeah. And I'm not going to pay $80 to not yeah. click with something. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. I remember being a, you know, even a teenager and like there was every year there was like movie season. Like you knew there was a bunch of movies coming out this yeah. month and they would preview like all these movies coming out in October. Boom, boom, boom. All these movies. I can't wait for October because all those movies are going to be great. Yeah. But like that's just, you don't get that anymore. You don't get that feeling anymore. And maybe it's because you can get movies on your laptop no matter where, you know. Well, that's the other thing is that we're a society now of like instant gratification and it's really taken away all the the anticipation and the mystery that is a beautiful part of the whole process like there's magic in that and we've sort of just taken it all away so so speaking of the process i want to i want to jump back in your story because i like i said i went over your imdb and i was like oh my gosh she's done it her whole life (laughs) so three years old was your first one yeah what was your first movie my first movie was when a man loves a woman when a man loves a woman yeah oh, i know i know that movie it's with meg ryan and andy garcia i know exactly what you're talking about a very very um heavy movie i loved that yeah yeah i uh, i'm not gonna lie i saw you were in Waterworld. yep <laughs> <laughs> i know you times to see that movie i lo- i love kevin costner really i do- I, I don't i don't know why i just i love the guy he's great he's I, great everything about his vibe as a character i'm just like i love it and then i i'm like oh i remember lo- i love Waterworld. i love kevin costner i was like that's Tina as a little kid. I was like, yeah. she's adorable. Yeah. It's like, how did I never put that together? That's what, funny. What's crazy, because like I'm looking, I'm like, I've seen you in so many things and never even put it together. I kind of love that, though. Like, how, like It's still true, because 
I mean, I, I've probably told five people about this, you know, like, hey, my next podcast with this person, looked them up. They're like, I've seen her and everything. I didn't know that that was her. I really, that's a, actually that. a huge compliment to and me. Why is that? Because I feel like that means that characters that I'm playing are not repeats. Mm. They're different. And so maybe I'm, I'm doing a good job at selling that. If you're not, you're not, you're not saying, oh, that's Tina. Yeah. You know. It's like The Rock. You're not saying that's The Rock. Yeah. It's kind of hard to not notice him. But, I mean, yeah, that's a different story. You have like a person that make, that's about two and a half people in one, you know. For real, though. That's huge. Yeah. It's out of control. That's really so. It's almost like being unrecognizable almost says something to your actual acting skills. That's how I look at it. I, I love that. And that, um, I know that there are a lot of actors that don't like to watch themselves. They're like, oh, I can't or whatever. This is going to sound so actory, but I'm going to say it anyway. Actory? Actory. What a great word. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't ever feel like I'm being myself, so it doesn't bother me to watch because I'm not watching me be me. I'm wow. watching me be somebody else. And so then I can be proactive about like, huh, I actually really liked that moment or I wish they would have used a, a different take from that day or I can just be a lot uh, further removed you can then, Tina watching the character that Tina yeah, played. Yeah, and I don't really give a shit what I look like as a character. It has to be authentic for the character. Yeah. Um. So it's not like I'm concerned with that either. You're just like, ooh, let's see if I actually... Pulled it off. Now. Yeah. I feel like you have an extremely healthy way of looking at this. I kind of do, I, I feel like. I got to give you props to that because I would never, <clears throat> never think in a million years that someone would have that mindset looking at it that way. Really? Well, because it's, you know, you're, if you're in movies and you're in as many movies and TV shows as you've been in, like, you know, you have a level of fan, you have a level of like, this is who I am. Yeah. And to still look at it and not feel any weirdness about like, oh, I'm Tina, this great actress, or I'm Tina, this terrible actress, and have all these things, but just look like, how did I do my job? Like, it's yeah. almost like looking at, you know, look at this week's report. How did I do? Yeah. You know, to be able to look at something, especially creative, something, a product that you made creatively yeah. and gave your heart and soul into it to step out and look at that. That's fucking impressive. Thanks. That's like a, a that's like looking at, like, recording an entire album and looking at it completely objectively and, like, not getting uh, gushy over just I need to have this one riff in there oh we gotta have that fill oh it's this album shit because we left this one part out you know yeah about looking at it objectively like is this what it needs to be right that's impressive I think um my I have really good parents so um they really hammered into me as a child like what was actually important you know yeah. your looks are not important you know, what you bring to the table is how you treat other people, how you do your job. If you're, mm. you know, and they knew very early on that I was an artist. And so it was all about like, we'll be the best that you can at that. But um, going back to what we were talking about before too, is that- We, we should have recorded that. We should have recorded that. It was good. Um, <laughs> I think that when you are creative and you're constantly stepping outside of yourself like that, mm -hmm. it, it, can, it can create- times in your personal life that are incredibly tumultuous because you step outside of yourself that far to try to create this person for other people to interact with, so to speak. And then you lose yourself, sort of. So you're constantly like pretending to be someone else and you, I feel like the struggle for me isn't like watching the movie after or what the reviews are gonna be or what the ratings are gonna be or how much money it makes. It's always like, 
did I show up for work and was it worth the work that I have to do now when I get home to get back in touch with like where I'm at as a person? That's a great, I mean, that's, I really, I want to, I'm glad you brought that up. That was literally one of my next question. I want to talk about the psychology of getting into character. Okay. Like what you, you know, cause you just said it's, it's a lot to separate your you know, Tina's personal life to whatever character you're playing. And you've played a gajillion characters over the last however many years, you know? Yeah. And you started at such a young age that a lot of the de develop developmental <laughs> okay i was like wait for it uh, stages of life yeah we're all we're going on at the same time as you getting into character yeah you know and here you are a functioning adult already yeah. props to go through that to pull that oh, up so yeah. with with you i mean in your personal experience the psychology of the character like how do you go in and out of character like what's the process what are your grounding techniques? Do you have rules to it? I mean, I want to know everything about that because that just, I mean, it fascinates me because you think about the Joker, the most infamous you know, oh my role God, yeah. in history. Every person that's played that role has been fucked. Yeah. You know, just messed up in the head. I mean, I, I remember hearing a story of Jack Nicholson sitting down with Heath Ledger. And saying, don't do it, right? And saying, don't do it. Be yeah. careful. What do you know? Like exactly the same thing happened. Yeah. And it has this infamous role, but it's like, you have to go there. And how do you get back? And like, yeah. that's a dramatic example. But there's, in a, in a sense, but there's certain roles that can't take you there. Right. So for you, what, I mean, where, where's, where's, what's your process in getting in out of character? What grounds you? What are your rules? I want to know the deep fucking version of this. This is awesome. This is a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that, by the way. The fuck are people doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are certain roles that I won't do. Okay. If I read it and I'm like, this is going to take me. So there's, okay. I might jump around a lot. Do your there's thing. there's a lot of stuff that I'm curious about and I'm intrigued about just as a human being. Again, we should have fucking recorded the beginning. But um <laughs> when we were talking about just needing to go there, yeah. feeling that pull to go there, whether it's going in some place that's really great or going to some place that's not, there is that pull in me that I'm like, I wonder what it's like to be that person. Mm -hmm. That's how kind of how I live my life anyway, which is dangerous in itself. But with roles, it's like I want to be challenged. I want to completely drown in someone else. Like my dream is to do a role where like you won't even recognize my face, where I have to completely change my hair, my body, like all of that sort of stuff, how how you move, all of that is like, that's where it's at. That's like a juicy thing to bite into. However, if I read something and I'm like, I feel that pull, but I know that it'll pull too far, where I'm like, I'm going to have to kill a part of myself every mm. day, that psychologically I'm uncertain if I can ever get it back. Just being in that mood every single day. There have been a lot of things that have been super humongous vehicles for other actresses that I said no to that, you know, industry people are like, well, you're fucking nuts that you didn't do that. But for me personally, those roles would have taken me too far away from myself. It crossed a line. So my version of acting, like I'm not method or anything. I don't know if you know anything about that, but that's like when people... <laughs> Um, become their characters that they mm -hmm. don't l let you call them their real name anymore and like you have to call them the character name and 
all of that. Okay. Like Daniel Day Lewis is a very famous method actor. Um, I don't do that because I think that acting should be you should be able to part of the the challenge of it and part of the skill set is that when you go to work you can be yourself as a human being and say hi to your crew and be lovely and you know and then when they roll and they say action you slip into that thing and then come out when you go home you know um for me i like if i'm on a movie for three months um every day at the end of the day i have something that i'll do at home that's something only for me um and i have little little things like um i carry a little uh stone with me sometimes if i have to do really emotional stuff and i feel like i'm going too deep into that like carry it in my pocket and reminds me like this is just pretend kind of you know what i mean like there are different different things that um, I have a wild imagination, which is probably why I love what I do so much. But in saying that, once I'm in that flow, like I almost black out sometimes. I've done different films where I can't remember a week at a time because it's just I show up in the morning and I'm myself and slip into that character. You put on the clothes and you start thinking those thoughts. And then I have no idea what happens between action and cut. Wow. Absolutely no idea. So... But that's when you're in that sweet spot because you've completely abandoned yourself. You're just like, fuck it. I'm going in. But you can come back. Yeah. But there are things that if you if you are doing a film or a show that's on a really dark subject matter that, you know, there are trigger points in it. Not to sound like a complete millennial, but like there's triggering stuff for you personally in that. Yeah. Not a good idea. Like the whole Joker thing, that was heartbreaking to me because I think that he is one of the most talented actors of our generation. I love him. I grew up watching him. Right? I mean, how many great things, how many great roles did that guy play? He's, but he was so, I mean, not just in the, he was brilliant in everything and you could tell that he was such a good soul. Yeah. Um, that was heartbreaking. But it's interesting because I feel like, this is where things can get tricky in the decision-making process because a part like that puts you on the map, so to speak. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, put him at the top. Yeah. And he wasn't here to enjoy it, which is crazy. I mean, he won the Oscar for it after he passed away. But do you see what I'm saying? Is like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of heat behind roles like that because it does take someone who is genuinely talented and dedicated to do something that great. But at what cost, you know, that's you have to surround yourself with really good people who are like, hey, I know that this is this seems really sexy. But if you don't think that you can come out the other side being the same person or a better version of who you are at home, don't do it. It's not worth it. So you can win an Oscar. So what Yeah. if you're selling your soul for that or you're losing a piece of your your humanity to do that, then, you know, that's a different story. So let me ask you something. Say a role comes across your desk one day and you read it and you realize like <clears throat> in your heart it says, Tina, this is the role you were born to play. Mm -hmm. But if you do this, you will never come back as yourself. Because <sighs> like, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I actually just had a friend of mine, Jake Rush, on a few episodes ago. He's a comedian and he talked a lot about the creative process and being a creative human being and how we have to realize that it's not just about being successful, that if our human has to be happy before we, our creative human can be successful. And 
that resonated with me because we have such a hard time separating that. So what you're talking about, I agree with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's really incredible the way you go about it and how you're able to look at something and say, hey, is this going to hurt me? And you put yourself first yeah. as much as you want to do something, but you say, I need to be able to live my life. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. Absolutely. But there's the high risk, high reward. Yeah. You know, at what point do you say I'm being too easy on myself I'm, I'm protecting myself too much i need to i need to lose a little bit of myself because this role needs to happen because i believe in this more than i believe in my own happiness not that you should but right, like, right, right. like there's that there's that point for everybody and i'm curious as to someone that's so honed in as you because I'm, I'm genuinely just so impressed <laughs> i am someone as honed in as you like what have you ever hit a point where like maybe i should have done this i luckily I have not hit a point where I've looked back on anything and been like, I shouldn't have turned that down mm-hmm. because I knew where I was at when it came across my desk. Wow. And, you know, like I have my human struggles a lot. And if I was going through a rough time at that moment, which I was when a huge thing, you know, then I knew I was taking care of myself first. I think it's really... this is a big reason why I quit because I quit acting when I was 14 like 13 or 14 because I was realizing that in order to make good business and art artist decisions I had to know who I was as a person and I didn't and I was surrounded by a lot of people you were 14 yeah Jesus Christ you're amazing (laughs) I was surrounded by all of these people that were I mean they couldn't even tell you what they liked Mm. This is where I, I'm explaining it in the in the the tone that my 13, 14 year old self heard it. It's like if you ask this person what kind of eggs they like, they wouldn't know. If you ask them the music that they like, they didn't know. They know how to live a normal life or their no. own life. No, it was just always what other people were telling them. They were surrounded by a lot of money. Um, I watched a lot of very young actors sort of start that journey into where you see a lot of them now, which is like. I feel terrible for them because they didn't have families that loved them and nurtured them as human beings. They were a paycheck for their families, and then they get all fucked up on drugs. Do you think that's the main difference between your childhood career and their career? Um, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, fucked up things happen too. For me, it was just I was raised by people who beat it into my head that I had to have a strong sense of self and who person yeah and who they were also there and tried to protect me as best they could and keep me safe and I wasn't paying their bills it's completely different the relationship was not they didn't even want me to do it they wanted me to be happy they were your parents yeah so it's like when my mom was on set with me she wasn't you know well you need to meet this person and you need to do this and we need to hang out with these people it was just like are you tired you, you ready to box? go home? <laughs> you know, let's put some rollerblades on and like go play. That was her big thing is like keeping me a kid and keeping me real. But can when I, I talk was... to your mom, yeah, you can should. She come on and just like, can we talk about keep raising like a healthy artist? She's so <laughs> amazing. And like, I've only just now started to look back on my experiences and realize like how weird and what a true pillar of strength my mom was. Not that I didn't it's just different being an adult yeah. and being at an age where like I could have a kid and what would I do and it's just different but looking back she's she's the 
just the Rock best. And, and yeah, my dad and she's tough as shit too. <laughs> like, and my dad is just like this brilliant business dude that doesn't really fancy himself an artist, but he kind of is. He's nice. a highly creative person too. But they. It was always about the work. It was never about what it could get them. It was never about the fame. Like, I didn't even know that I was famous when I was little until I quit. And then years later, I was like, oh, weird. Like, there, people knew who I was. That's so weird. I had no idea because it was like, went to work, came home, went to school for a couple weeks, went back out on the road to work. But your parents gave you very much a child's life. Yeah. As best as, as they, best could. As they yeah. could. Yeah. But like, Quitting at that age, I didn't want my first kiss to be on screen. I didn't want my first dance to be on screen. I didn't want it to be fake. Yeah. And I also wanted to be the best artist that I could be. And I knew that I can't bring anything to the table if I haven't experienced it. And maybe that's what that whole like going towards the really good and diving into the really bad to like investigate in that curiosity. Maybe like that's what that your is. Arsenal as a creative. You yeah. Know? Because it drives me nuts whenever I go to someone and I'm like, this is happening in my life. What do I do? I don't know. Like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be able to connect with someone and say, tell me about what's going on with you. And um, I don't know if this is going to work for you, but I went through that and this is this is what helped me. Is there, you know, that that connectivity is Hell what yeah. I've always been about. And I want to be somebody that has experience and knowledge so that I'm not just saying lines to a camera well, you know there's stuff going on behind the eyes and like I know what that feels like the whole point of me quitting for four years or whatever is so that I could do that and not become this person that was just a fucking workhorse yeah. but not a human being that didn't have their own opinions or their own experiences or their own feelings like i didn't want to live the rest of my life saying someone else's words yeah. all the time you know i mean that's that's pretty incredible though because it's almost like you stepped away to become a human being that wanted to experience because you want to connect yeah and then in the, in the meantime realizing that this you know this acting this acting gig this job this whatever it is you know whatever it felt like you became so much more important because now that you have the experiences when you do play a role when you choose to play a role yeah you're not just doing a great job you're saying I'm connecting with a massive amount of people yeah. because I know what this experience is like. Even if I have to play a different character, I can feel what this character is feeling and they can feel that I feel that. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you watched great actors play a role and you're like, holy shit, that's really them. Yeah. They're really feel they're in that moment. It's like, it's probably because they have what you're talking about, that life experience. Yeah. At least something close enough to it so that they can, you know, feel inside of them. Well, I think it's... Uh... I think you don't have to have the exact experience. It's having that empathy. Yeah. Because okay. somebody can also tell me an experience that they have. And for whatever reason, the way that my brain works, I can click into that very easily. Yeah. Is like, oh, so that must have felt like this. this. Yeah. You know, that's what's really weird about human beings is when they say, well, I don't know what that's like. And it's like, well, do you know what it feels like to be sad? Like start that's, there. <laughs> that's what that feels like. Yeah. You know, you might not know exactly what another person is going through which is why we try not to be judgmental pricks about everything because you never know what somebody is going through or what the path looks like for them but my favorite thing about my job is that in what other realm could I show up to a job every day and connect with that many people that I'll never meet in my life like you are 
you are interwoven into people's like the fabric of people's lives in such a magical way that like I can't do that in any other in any other way I mean this is what I love to do obviously but my favorite thing in the world is like I've I've struggled I still struggle all the time music movies tv books I've had many of them save my life because somebody took the time to like shine a light on me that's what it feels like so when you click in with a role and you like really go at it that's what you're doing you're you're saying to people out there like I see you you're not alone obviously somebody's written a story about a person like you like you're not invisible and you don't have to feel that way like that's the magical part of it and I feel like I do that part for free I get paid to deal with all the Hollywood bullshit that leads up to that moment if that makes sense wow and it's just a matter of getting maintaining that passion for it and not allowing the the nonsense and the fluff that surrounds the business to like make you fall out of love with what you do that's beautiful that's incredible because it can yeah you know there there have been a couple of experiences for me recently where i'm just like why do i do this you know yeah but then you always go back to the you You go back to the why I can't tell you how many times in my life, I'm only 25, but yeah. I can't, I couldn't even count how many times in my life where I put on a great song or better yet, put on a movie yeah, and watch some absurd character. You know, I'm a, you know, as a kid, testosterone, you know, guy, yeah. you know, put on an absurd movie and somehow, no matter how hard my life was, like I could escape in that movie, not because it was so, and it was so far out of reality, <laughs> right? but because watching the experience of this character in this ridiculous reality, yeah. I mean, how, and it just puts you at ease. It's releasing. It's freedom. That's how yeah. I, I feel as a consumer too. And that's what I always try to remember whenever I'm creating anything is like, this is where it gets tricky with artists because what we were talking about with the social media and how, you know, people are having to promote themselves and all this stuff. It's like it really is about managing your relationship with the audience because it's not for the audience to know you. You're not on this trip for your ego. Like, does it feel nice to get accolades and get recognized because you're busting your ass to do something? Of course. But that's not that's not what it's about. And you have to always come come back to that and be careful that you are remembering that what it feels like for you to watch a movie and escape and what it feels like for you to listen to a song and how transformative those experiences can be and how it makes you feel connected, how it makes you feel a part of something and, or fills you with hope or, you know, whatever. Or sometimes I watch movies and, you know, I just want to cry. So I'll just watch. Teach me how to cry. Do you don't know how to cry? God, I fucking try I'll all teach the you time. How to cry. I try everyone that's listening. I know it sounds ridiculous, but if you, <laughs> if you if you know me, you know I have I try. Yeah. I can't. I can't cry. I think I just get angry. I get angry first. We're the exact opposite. So this is super I weird. I hate it. I hate it. Anger doesn't help anything. Crying that's not true. It's just ugh. that's not true, by the way. But <laughs> my my anger thing is like I'll get angry, and instead of going angry, I go to sad, and I'll cry when I'm. When I'm angry. I feel like that's a much safer way to handle things. Is it? I don't know. I mean, not for your heart, though, dude. It sucks. Yeah, but I'd rather feel it intensely than put a wall around it. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing about... Because great music can come from set from that, you know, open, bleeding heart, right? Yeah. But I gotta, I'd gotta. rather 
bleed and right from there and then have to beat down these walls all day and then bite something, you know? Yeah, it's hard. But that's part of the weird um, cyclical fuckery of being yeah. a creative person. I love that. Cyclical fuckery. Cyclical fuckery. That's beautifully said. I'm going to use that. You should. Because it really describes... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like dead on. Like, you got to feel to create, but then it sucks to feel. Yeah. And then... Then you lose yourself in this Then that. you lose... And yeah. It's just all bananas bananas so you took a four-year break yeah you um went, went to out, school went to school became person a person, person became a person and you decided to go back to acting yeah now what was uh what was that shift like like when you decided all right now i can go back and do this what was that what was the decision there when i quit i was almost certain that i was not going to come back for whatever reason I don't know what I was thinking in the moment but I I do remember that feeling of conviction of like this is over I was so tired and I at that time I'd been working for 10 years so it's like and traveling all over the world and living all over the world which is amazing and I'm not discounting that but I'm just saying that it became overwhelming and I realized like I'm a kid and I want to go home and play and I, you know, I want to be with my brother and I want to be with my friends and having a home was a novelty because my mom and I lived all over the world most of the year and I didn't get to have friends and you know, all that kind of stuff. So went to school, thought I was going to dance and I danced professionally for a while, became a teacher, did all of that sort of stuff. And then I don't know what it was, but it was just one morning I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm ready. Like, I'm and ready to do this you, again. When you, when you felt that? I think I was 17. Really? Something like that. I was just like, oh, yeah. No, I got it. Like this, the, that, um, I don't know if you have this. This is going to make me sound like a crazy person. Uh, Don't worry, you're talking to me. You're already crazy. <laughs> do you do you have that voice in your head ever that wakes you up in the middle of the There's night? There's a singular, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple? <laughs> Rad. Um, yeah, okay. So you get it. It was like that. Like sitting up in the middle of the night and being like, oh, I have to go back. Yeah. This is not something that's like a job that I chose. Because I don't know. you. Yeah, because I don't. We watched Wizard of Oz the other day just for fun. And it was like, I hadn't seen that since I was really little. And I saw the moment that it hit for me. Watching really? that, that movie, I was like, oh, yeah, that was it. And I don't know where that comes from. That's the magic of it. It's like, yeah. this isn't just a job for me. It's like something that I have to do. Yeah. So when I was 17, it came, it came back. Napoleon Dynamite was the first script that I read. I was gonna ask you. I was like, "What was your first job in?" Because I remember Napoleon Dynamite. You yeah. were you had. I was like, I remember looking. I was like, she had to have been in her teens. Yeah. So you were seventeen, eighteen years old in that, huh? Mm-hmm. What a role to come back to, though, huh? What was so funny is that it um, kind of matches your story, though. Like this kind of yeah. like every these like these quote unquote nerds, these outcasts. Yeah. And here you come in after this break to find yourself when you're playing like the ultimate outcast. Yeah. What a fucking great chain of events. I love that. It was really that interesting. So much better for me now. Really? <laughs> I love that. That is so great. I um I read that script and the moment that sold me was when <laughs> Napoleon um wants one of the pins. You know, like the campaign <laughs> pins, and then he throws it down the hall. 
that was i don't know why that it that doesn't even have anything to do with deb by the way like that was the moment that sold me on it i was like that's something i would do but my team that was with me at the time every single person was like this is the dumbest fucking thing i've ever read like why do you want to do this and i was like because it's funny like and it vibes there is just something about this you can feel it when you it's sort of um similar to I'm sure when you're playing guitar and you stumble upon a melody and you're like, holy fuck, where did that come from? And there's that feeling that happens when you read the one is like you have that feeling where you're like, I don't know. This doesn't make sense, but I'm going to give into it, you know, and um, my agent and my manager at the time were just like, this is a fucking joke, man. Like, this is going to be a flop. This This is so stupid. Yeah. You're going to make your big comeback. And I was like, first of all you're the only people that are looking at it like that. Like I wasn't really concerned with a comeback. It was like, I want to be, I want to do the things that I never got to do as a kid. Like I was a very serious actor as a kid. So they would never let me audition for comedies. I noticed that in your, in part of your biography, you talked about how when you were a kid, you were like, you specialized in very dramatic, traumatic, dramatic traumatic uh storylines and i was like fuck that must have been traumatizing (laughs) i mean you were obviously not but like it's heavy but you wanted to kind of like break out of that idea that you were only i i think just personality wise for me if anybody tells me i'm one thing i'll show them that i'm the other rebel yeah so it's like Like everybody was telling me oh you can only be serious and it was like Watch me play Deb. Yeah. And watch me disappear into something where I won't even look like myself. Because it was more important for me to, like, show up as an actor than try to combat that. What does she look like now? Because I didn't grow up. Like, I didn't go through my teenage years in front of the camera. It was, Mm -hmm. like, the last thing I did before that was Alice in Wonderland where I look like a baby still. Yeah. And so it's (laughs) like, like... I'm not even going to play that game. Like, we're not going to try to do a 10 things I hate about you and, like, whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. where everybody... Oh look, they grew up and they're whatever. I wasn't gonna play into that. So, so Napoleon Dynamite wasn't just like as consumers as the audience. Like that was just the most ridiculous, funniest movie that touched all of our hearts. Yeah. And I was reading actually a statement that you wrote about Napoleon Dynamite and how it was uh, very much about like it was much more than just this funny movie. It's about these kids that found their place. Yeah. In the world, and no matter how small the world seemed. Yeah. And I remember I I think it's I think it's incredible. I think it's amazing, but. To come back into that role and start a career based off that, because I don't, I don't mean start as in you didn't have a career, but like to no, basically to start, start a new your, one, start yeah. your new career based off that, yeah, is, I mean, that's amazing, because you step in and basically play a character that kind of summarizes what you've gone through, what yeah. you've craved, yeah, and the universe just gives you that, and yeah. then it's just considered this, you know quote-unquote flop of a movie but turns out to be this gem that everyone in the fucking world knows yeah it became like this weird juggernaut like yeah cult thing but this is the shit that i'm talking about trying to get back to because even at that time period in my life i feel like i was still pretty in touch with um not caring so much about the noise yeah like i didn't care that if it did well or not like it was just about how it felt when i was with those boys in front of that camera playing that girl like that was literally all it was about it could oh my god it felt so amazing it rekindled my romance with my job 
And to be honest, and I don't even think I've ever said this out loud, but like Deb is who I think I am inside all the time. Like that's how I feel around people I don't know. Um, Cause she's a very interesting confluence of like a couple of personalities. Like she's super nerdy, obviously, but she doesn't think that. Like she thinks that she's high fashion because that's what she likes. And she's shy, but around people that she knows, she's like this fierce, loyal friend who yeah. vocalizes her opinion and has no problem with it. So just it was such a perfect time for me to grow up like that and to start things new playing her. Like she's just one of my favorite characters I've ever played. That's awesome. That is beautiful. Because she like... Is n- doesn't look anything like me, obviously. Doesn't dress like me. Doesn't walk like... Deb yeah. is also a voice. Like, I don't talk like Deb. I do the voice for Jer sometimes, which is really It's funny, okay. But... Patrick Warburton lives up the street. And really? He, and he's in my gym all the time. And every time I see him, he does the Joe voice and I die. I can't do it. I mean, it's fun, though. Yeah. When you do characters like that, yeah. that's really... That's fun. Yeah. I love Napoleon. <laughs> it was a great movie it was it was, it was a great movie so so I mean now I want to know you did that movie how yeah. soon was your next job after that oh like, like you, six weeks you jumped right back into it yeah and what kind of character did you, what, what was your what was your role after that the role after that was if you remember I think it was like a guest star on Without a Trace okay and then I got Big Love on HBO and then Veronica Mars and then so it sort of like snowballed. Yeah. And I was really, th- again, within the industry, it was like, first I was typecast as this dramatic actress, and then after Napoleon, it's like, oh, she's a nerd. That's something that I still, to this day, battle is like, we want her to come in and play this weird chick. And it's like, first of all, you're completely devaluing Deb, because that's yeah. not all she is. Second of all, I don't want to do that yeah. over and over again. But um, yeah, it's sort of, Napoleon definitely opened the doors for me again. Yeah. Um, in a humongous way that I was in not expecting. In a healthy expecting. way, too, it seems. Yeah. Very much a Tina kind of way. Yeah. Wait, isn't Tina the name of the... Mama. Was that just coincidence? Was it? Was it? <laughs> that was the sign for me. I Really, so was that? I'm a person that I love signs, and I like... Listen to the whispers of the universe. That was not the sign. A hundred percent. Because I wasn't offered Napoleon. Yeah. I had to go audition for it. So I was reading the script and she was like, Tina, come get the food or whatever. <laughs> um, oh, that's Nappy's line. And I was like, Tina, uh, you never hear the name Tina yeah. in like scripts ever. I was like, it's a sign. I love it. That's... And then I went and read for it and it, and it was in literally a closet really they had this tiny little room that was like next to where they make the simpsons wow it was their utility closet that we were using for auditions and i came out and i told my mom well that was fun i didn't get it but that was fun i genuinely thought i didn't get it what a beautiful success story for you that movie that whole like culture what it did for the world because it wasn't just funny no how many kids out there felt weird Watched that movie and all of a sudden became popular. Oh, yeah. People paid attention to them. You know? Yeah. One simple movie. It didn't even seem like it was a high-budget movie. You know? Oh, hell no. It was it was $300,000. It was just great people yeah. playing great roles. Like, I mean, what a, what a beautiful success story. I love that. I love it, too, because so rarely it does something that um, has such a pure 
heart to it and, yeah. a, and a pure message really, yeah. get hype like that. Um, it was really fantastic. And it sort of um, rekindled my hope in humanity at that time because I was like, oh, people do want to see yeah. good stuff and people Real. do want to, yeah, people do want to connect with good work. So do you have a favorite role that you've ever played? And in- No. I mean... I have roles that were I love the most because they were the most challenging. It they're just like I, I rate them differently based on. So most difficult role would be something that you kind of liked then. Oh yeah. 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 So what was, would you have the most difficult role you ever played? This is gonna sound nuts, but the most difficult role I've ever played was in Pink's music video. Pink, what, I don't know. If I... Oh, you're gonna have to watch it. Oh God. Yeah. What was it? It was her video for fucking perfect and it's the most challenging thing for so many different reasons for me. Like I, it was the first time that I had ever sort of been sexualized on camera, which was really weird. You crossed kind of like somewhat of a barrier that you didn't, you know? Yeah. I love that people don't think of it like that, you know, cause it wasn't, I wasn't naked to be naked. It was, you'll watch it and you'll see. Okay. Um, it doesn't show anything by the way. (laughs) Um, but just the prospect of that, yeah. of not being super comfortable with within my own sexuality and then having to play this part and then um, fake doing drugs. I'd never done that in a in a film or anything before. Like being edgier, it kind of opened this whole side of myself that I never paid attention to before. And that's always what's interesting about the work as well for me is that historically whatever I'm doing at work sort of has a way of bleeding into my real life and vice versa. So it's sort of like wherever I'm at emotionally or on the path. Will determine my roles. Yeah, just what comes that's to you. That's so cool to me though. I think yeah. that's the, that is so fucking cool. It's weird. Because I mean, I'm, I'm speaking as purely a fan, as a consumer, as an audience member. When I think actor, I think they can just jump into a role because they're a good actor. Yeah. They're a great actress so they can just play this role because they figure it out. Yeah. And like, talking to you this insight is basically saying like there's so much more than just being good at acting or pretending whatever you want to call it like this yeah. is where i'm in my life i'm able to play these roles like what a what a beautiful fucking thing like that's yeah. incredible it's, it's gonna make me look at things very differently now i hope it doesn't ruin it for you no it's gonna okay. make it even better because like you know, you watch a character someone play a character that they're so great at yeah i wonder what they're dealing with while they're playing this character that allowed yeah. them to be this great at it yeah. You know, that's fucking chunk to that. Yeah, because there's, there's a part of it where a lot of, like when people say, oh, did you enjoy doing this movie or something? Part of the the recap for me that, that a lot of people don't understand is like, first of all, what it took to get to that place where you were even capable of being able to act in that role, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're looking back on the piece of work, it's not like I watched the movie without any experience personally making it. So it's like, there's a movie that people really love that you do and then they're like, oh my God, that had to be so fun to do. And you're like, well, emotionally it was difficult. Also, like I was going through a bad breakup or whatever the fuck is going on in your real life, the experience is so different yeah. behind the scenes that a lot of the time I don't even like share a lot of that just because I want people to, again, enjoy the piece and not have me dump all of my personal experience onto it you know i like what you're saying though because like i want i want you to and you don't have to share everything but i i'm 
I really want to, what is something the audience should know? What does the audience need to know about this? Like if you could look at the audience and not have to worry about, you know, them judging you or you getting in trouble for saying something or whatever it is. Yeah. And you want them to know outside of the roles that we play as actors and actresses. Yeah. What, what does the audience need to know? about behind the scenes about what goes into it like do they need to know more about how much work it takes do they need to know how much of a mental toll it takes do they need to, do they need to know nothing you know what is something that you wish the audience knew oh my god that's such a good question i it's that wow that's mostly for me that's mostly for you <laughs> damn you're, you've hit me with two now that i've never been asked before damn there's yeah. there's so much like on the one hand i feel like um the less people know about actors, the better, because I feel that mystery coming back a little bit more would make people enjoy movies more and maybe look at it more as a piece of art and work and entertainment and not so much like... That guy did this, so why would I watch yeah, his movie? I watched him on TMZ do whatever, or, you know... I or hating him. on the Mission Impossible movies because Tom Cruise is weird to people. Yeah. I'm like, it's Mission Impossible. Have you seen these movies? Did you see Fallout, dude? <laughs> Have you seen these movies? <laughs> Shut your mouth and watch the movie. I loved the last one. I loved all of them. Me too. But the last one the was, last one was, it was like, absurd. Right? It was absurd. I wasn't ready for it. I was Me like, neither. There's no way. I was like, there's no way they can do this many and he can pull it off that well. He did it. And he did it. It's crazy, right? He fucking did it. Just... He's, he's a beast. He's uh, my, uh, my cousin, Brandon works at a prototyping factory where it's CNC machines and they do a lot of stuff for like SpaceX and you know oh cool uh, aerospace engineering and stuff but for a while they made most they made a lot of their big uh, big jobs did movies and uh, they did the bubble ship from Oblivion and the gun. no way they did all those props they built the Batmobile I think for oh, uh, cool. Christian Bale at one point they did like some of the stuff or it was for uh, the, the new one the Ben Affleck they did they did a ton of stuff but anyway oh. when they <laughs> what yeah I know, right? Uh -huh. um, but he was telling me when he built the bubble ship because Tom Cruise is not the tallest or you know person in the world. Yeah, he had to come in and they had to build it around him, kind of like fit him. Really? And, and I love I loved hearing that because he said he's like Tom Cruise is like the nicest human being I've ever met. He said he was super clean cut. He was yeah. very straight up. He didn't seem he just seemed like a normal guy. He's really easy to work with. Yeah. And I was like, see, people are people at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, so I asked, I was like, you know, something the audience needs to know. Like, what, what's something the audience should know? Because I feel like everyone's so quick to judge someone based off what the media or something people say about them is. But you guys are out there working your asses off. Yeah. Making these incredible, you know, you're making experiences. Yeah. That we can just keep having whenever, boom, I get to have that experience. Yeah. That's unfucking touchable. That's yeah. incredible. You guys are out there making that for us. But you're experiencing it on a whole nother level because you're still human doing that. Yeah. So what's something like we need to know about that? I mean, other than that. I think that it's I think that it's sort of a good rule of thumb just in life in general is that you have no idea what is going on in other people's lives and to really try to reel in yeah. the snap judgment and the you know the bad kind of storytelling because I mean, there are so many misconceptions about <laughs> what I do and me as an actress and like what that must mean. And I talk about this a lot with my friends. Like you don't realize that you don't get the privilege of giving a first impression after a certain point yeah. because once you're on Google, 
you know what I mean? It's like people, it's open to whatever they think. And so whenever you're meeting someone, it's not like they're meeting me as a person. They're meeting who I think that, who they think that I am. Yeah. And their preconceived ideas of like, is she bitchy because she's an actress? Is you know, and trust me, I've had horrendous experiences where I've met some of the people that I really like their work, and I'm so bummed that I did, because they're just poopy people. But I think to just understand that even if people reach a certain level of success, it is so hard to keep keep going and keep creating work and like it does take a lot of commitment and time and sacrifice it looks very glamorous and easy on the outside and it is absolutely not like it does not look remotely as shiny as it does when things are packaged they're packaged that way for a reason you know to make you want to go there and see that and do you know whatever but there are hundreds and hundreds of people that show up to that job every day to make it look like that and it is not easy and my job definitely isn't easy there are peaks and valleys and you gotta learn to keep trucking along you know yeah i i appreciate you sharing that i think uh as easy as 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 easy as that is to like tell yourself like oh yeah everyone like try to be considerate no it's not it's not done a lot yeah done a lot well and i think that it's easy for people there is that that climate now where people love to build humans up to watch them fall down so that's not you know mm-hmm. that's sort of the culture that we're in right Funny now Dave but... Chappelle did a whole spiel on that in his new Netflix series <laughs> yeah special. but it's like understanding that when things look easy and you're pertaining to art of any kind you know if you're watching an actor if you're listening to music if you know and you're just like oh well that comes easy to that person it comes easy now it took a shit ton of work to get there, and they're doing their job right if they make it look easy. doesn't mean that it is. It never means that it is. There are a couple that. of freaks that are just born, like, hyper-talented that can do things in their sleep, you know, and that's yeah. incredible. But for the rest of the community, it doesn't work like that. And you have to, I would say, have a little bit more respect for what people do, what they're committing their lives to doing yeah you know and base your opinions off what you actually you know see if you get to meet them if not yeah. then have one just appreciate their work and move on with your day if yeah. it affects you great if it doesn't move on yeah. but you don't know who these people are as human beings and i think that there's far too much of the you know putting people on a pedestal because of things that they post on instagram and it's like okay but at the same time like what if you met them in real life and they're not as polished as that. Does that yeah. mean that now all of their work sucks to you? It's very difficult, that whole relationship. But I would just say in general, understand that if anything looks easy, a lot of work has gone into that. I like that. Good rule of thumb. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> before we go, yeah. I have two questions for you. Okay. Nothing too hard. I'm scared. Okay. You shouldn't be. I asked the hard ones. Okay. I asked the hard ones. You did ask some hard ones. Those are good. I want to know, you're incredibly successful. You're doing it. You're you're not an aspiring actress. You are an actress. You're a working actress. You're kicking ass. You're famous. You got all, you know, you're doing all this great stuff. You're doing what you love. Mm -hmm. You're achieving your dream and you want more Mm -hmm. of that or whatever that may be. What does your future look like? What is for you your ideal future? Are you doing this till the day you die? Are you 
slowing down and retiring and doing something else? What's your what is your ideal future? This isn't a hard question. It's not. You get to dream. <laughs> There's no limits. You can Dreaming just, is you free. can literally say I'm gonna grow wings in ten minutes and fly the fuck away. That would be cool. That would be kind of cool. It'd be in the way, but it'd be cool. Um yeah. <laughs> uh I would say right now I'm doing this till I can't. But yes. there are so many other things that I want to do. I really want to direct. I've been writing for a really long time. I want to do something with that. Um, really want to make music. Want to get over my my stage fright. I really want to be in a musical. Hell yeah. I want to do that. Like maybe not on stage in a movie musical. That's great. But um, I just want to be creative in every way that I can be. And I want to get better at things that I suck at. Because that's, that's been a big thing, too, is trying not to get too comfortable in what I've, I'm using air quotes, but what I've mastered. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, because that's, that's the thing about that last question you asked me. When people are watching things, like, you have no idea how long it takes you to be able to find your light know where the camera is at all times without looking at it, hit your mark, remember your lines, have some emotions, connect with a person, like all of that sort of stuff takes such a long time to make it second nature. Like I want to do that. I want to have that level of passion and commitment to learn that about something else within wow. the industry still. Mm. But like I want it to scare me. Nice. Yeah. So you know it's going to be good. Yeah, for real. Like, I still get butterflies every time, oh, man, every time the camera, they yell rolling, and you're just like, holy shit, like, it's about to happen. Like, I still get that feeling, but I want to question if I'm good enough and get there. That's what I want. You want to experience a whole new growth. Yeah. Whether that's a different kind of role, great, but I just think over the course of the rest of my life, I really want to, like, expand into other aspects of storytelling true creative i love it let's rock and roll sweet all right so last question this one's not hard i, pro <laughs> I promise this one's not hard okay okay it's not not supposed to be easy or hard they're just you know i'd be being curious yeah but i ask all my uh, guests at the end of the episode um what are your top three pieces of advice for someone young trying to become an actor actress whatever is that hard? Is that what? I'm just, you know what? No, this Next is question. What, this is what I love <laughs> is that, like, these are the kinds of questions I've always wanted to be asked. This is great. Well, I'm so not laughing because, I'm just laughing because to you it's not like a hard question, but these are really deep oh, and I love that. That's a fucking hard question for me. They're, they're I get great. To ask them, though. <laughs> they're great. Um, three pieces of advice for somebody that wants to become an actor. This is tough for me. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't believe that. Let's say I had kids. Okay. My kids are not acting until they're 18. It's not happening. Okay. Like I would not, I don't think at this point in my life, I may change my mind. I don't know. But it's not, it's not for kids. You know what I mean? It's like I would want. What about the years of training? Do, do theater, study, watch movies, write, do whatever you want. You should not be on set trying to kill it before you're 18. Okay. You have to have like a real life and it's 
hard. And there are, there's so much rejection. I feel like 98% of my life is being told no. You know, you get used to it. But at the same time, is that something that you want a young person to get used to? Maybe. I don't know. But if you, I just feel like the last person that came and asked me, like, what do you think I should do? You know, how can I become an actor or what should I do? I was like, think of another job. <laughs> um, you know, because, I've asked this question to a lot of people. A lot of people say, don't. Just don't do this job. Yeah, because I think that if you've experienced it, like, obviously we're talking about the highlights of the job. Yeah. We're not diving into the bullshit and the heartbreak and the pain and the rejection. and Which the, I would like to. If you'd like to come back on. Yeah, I would do that. I feel like that's a very important Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, those are not the sexy aspects of the job. And people don't normally talk about that. So when a kid comes to me and says, like, I want to do this, I would say, you study the shit out of everything that you can. You know, the great thing about where we are at technologically at this time is that you have YouTube. Mm-hmm. You have the internet. You have access to so much information that you can educate yourself better than any school can. Yeah. You know, it's like fully agree. Immerse yourself in that and be obsessed with it. And that's, that's fine. If you can wait to do it until you're older and you are still in love with it after you have all this information and all of that dumped on you, then God bless, you know, but it's not cute. Like it's not it's to me, it's like when people talk about marriage and kids or whatever, like it's not it's not a cute thing. It's a real it's a thing. Very serious, real fucking thing. Yeah. And it, and it means something. Yeah. So don't treat it like it doesn't. Yeah. You know, take it seriously and understand that it's really fucking hard and it's not for the weak at all. You know, I don't. Sometimes I think that it's not even for me, and I think that I, I, I'm pretty tough, but, like, it's hard. Yeah. The other thing is, um, I don't know if I could give three pieces of advice. You don't for, have to. I just I say three. Open-ended open question. Like. That was a pretty damn good one. Okay. The educating real. yourself, like, I think that's a really important piece, because yeah. I know that school isn't for everyone. School definitely wasn't for me. I went for three years and dropped out before I graduated. And, um... I've never stopped educating myself, though, and I just follow what interests me, and I always tell young people that, too. It's like, if you love movies, learn everything that you can about directors. Go start taking pictures. Learn what framing is. Do all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. But wait till you can make a real de- You're old enough to make a real decision. Legally, yeah. Legally. Because I feel that I'm just so against parents putting their kids into because the kids are cute or whatever. It's just like, well, you're going to be using all that money for therapy for the kid if you're not careful. It's just a really tricky landscape to navigate. Interesting. Yeah, especially now. I feel like maybe it's worse now than when I was coming up. Because, I mean, when you were growing up, you were a kid and you had your parents taking you to places and you were just exposed to the kids around you. Yeah. Now this kid shows up to an audition. He's freaking six years old. and He's got an Instagram. Not only is all all of the the kids in the freaking room looking at him like he's a piece of crap. Yeah. But now he's on Instagram and already feeling even worse. Yeah. I think you have to build self-esteem. Yeah. You have have to care about yourself. Before you do that. Because... I mean, think about it. It's it's acting. You're diving into a different persona. Like, yeah. There has to be a persona to start. You have to have somewhere to start. You have to have a foundation. Yeah. Otherwise, you're. I'm not Can't even. Pour from get, an empty cup. Yeah. You're. It, it's just. 
Otherwise, every role that you do, you will literally become. So you'll just have like six months where you're like, I'm really into cars. That's horrifying. It's true, though. It happens a lot. I, oh, could... I don't doubt it. I just, that's, I mean, that thought scares the shit out of me. Yeah. But that's how, I mean, this is why I'm saying wait until you're an adult is because also in your, in those formative years, you're developing and you are incredibly, I don't care if you don't think that you are. You are so easily influenced. Oh, yeah. Like, what? I remember being, yeah. I remember being 18, 17. 14 all those times i thought i knew everything yeah and i was like no one can influence me and then all of a sudden you know you're you're wearing a tube top <laughs> inexplicably you know yeah, what i'm saying so absolutely. it's like when it comes to that business for me i just that's my piece of advice just wow wait you have the rest of your life to be a grown-up and be told no and berated <laughs> And celebrated and all the good stuff too. I'm just yeah. saying, like, you know, give it a minute. Well, I definitely have to have you back on. I'd love to dive into uh, the darker side of things. Oh, sweet. If you're interested. Yeah, I'm interested. Now that we've covered this, we can go to the next step. Okay. Take this to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, any last words, Tina? Thanks for having me. I... <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I like your mics. I love my mics. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud of these mics. They're really cool. I've talked about them multiple times on this show. I'm not going <laughs> to because they're dope, dude. I love these things. They're really neat. Well, rock and roll. Peace out. Next, dude. Next. <laughs>